Hi, welcome to Destiny Church's weekly podcast. We're a church located in Columbia, Maryland, right between D.C. and Baltimore. And we're so glad that you decided to listen to our podcast. If you're looking for a message of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuned into the right place. If you have any testimonies of what God has done in your life as a result of listening to this podcast, please email us at stories at yourdestiny.church. We love to hear how God is impacting people's lives through what he is doing at our church. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear from God as we jump into this week's message. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and it says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. And the church said, amen. (laughs) I will make him, somebody say make him, a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Pause, just to have a little bit of fun. So, This is before man sinned, before the fall of man. Somebody say amen. Amen. So everything before man sinned was God's intention. I'm going to get myself in trouble, but that's okay. God put Adam to work before sin entered the world, which means that work is not bad. Come on now. Y'all think I'm going to tell men to get a job. That's not where I'm going. Calm down. Work is not bad. If we're in a position where like, I hate work. I don't want to go to work on Monday. Can't wait for Friday. Here's the thing. You haven't found your destiny. You haven't found what God created you to do because when you find what God created you to do, it's more than just a paycheck. It brings fulfillment in your life. You see, y'all, actually, I'm not going to be shady yet. I haven't even jumped into it yet. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful, we're thankful, God, that you are the God of miracles. If you had just died on the cross for our sins and that's all that you did, God, that would have been enough. But you said in your word, if you freely gave us your son, how much more will you not freely give us all things? So God, I pray that there would be miracles that break out over every single person's life under the sound of my voice. God, that you would move in a way that we can't take credit for it, but we know it is only you and you alone. We'll be ever so careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Hey, can you look at two people? Tell them, let's go to the jungle. Come on, tell somebody, tell somebody, tell somebody. Let's... Let's go to the jungle. We're starting this series today called Back to the Jungle. Anybody was here last year for the jungle experience? 
For those of you that this is your first time experiencing this series, it's a series that we're going to be talking about love, romance, sex, marriage, all that other good stuff. And to be honest with you, those are just topics and things that you don't typically hear talked about in church. But here's the deal. All three of those things are in the first three chapters of the Bible, including murder, and I don't know if they have any type of connection whatsoever, but God's word talks about it and brings wisdom to it. And can I just be a pastor for a second? It is one of the top two areas where people hurt the most in. Can I give you the top two? Relationships and money. Those are the top greatest stresses and pressures in people's lives. And hear me, hear me, hear me. If your faith doesn't work on Monday, it's no good. If God's word doesn't work in the areas of our life where we feel the greatest stress and the greatest pressure, then it is no good. Why, why are you calling this series back to the jungle? What's the whole jungle analogy? Well, here's the deal. The first relationship ever, Adam and Eve started in a... <laughs> Jungles can be amazing places. Me and my wife were actually in Puerto Rico and we were walking through, I think it's called El Yonque. I may have said that wrong, but it was this jungle with a rainforest and it was, I mean, amazing. There was waterfalls and exotic birds and all this foliage. It was blazing hot outside, but yet it was cool, almost cold as we were walking through because of the overhanging brush and there were all types of exotic fruits. I mean, it was absolutely amazing besides the fact that we had to walk three miles just to get to the waterfall. And when we finally got to the waterfall, it looked like somebody had just turned a faucet on. <laughs> I'm joking. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It just wasn't worth a three-mile walk. And my wife, she's one of those explorers. She loves experiences, and we're hiking through this jungle, and, and every time we get to a sign, the sign says, like, three more miles, and I'm like, that's what the last sign said. She said, isn't this amazing? And all I'm thinking is we're going downhill, and our car is back up there. So whenever we see this waterfall, or whatever, we got to hike all the way back up. That, it, it was beautiful, though. It was peaceful. It was also a little scary because our tour guide was saying, hey, try not to touch anything that you don't recognize. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> I don't recognize any of this. He said some of the most beautiful plants are poisonous. Some of the most harmless animals actually are not as harmless as they look. And make sure that you watch your step because if you step in the wrong place or on the wrong thing, you can actually slip. And remember, we were going downhill. So one slip, it's like, hey, I'll see you at the bottom. It wouldn't be baptism. It would be your real funeral. <laughs> but I find that relationships can be the exact same way. They can be beautiful, they can be full of peace. I'll tell you, there's something about having people in your life, and it may not be a romantic relationship, it may be your connect group or friends or whatever. There's something about having people that when life gets stressful, you can run under the cover of their humor or just their encouragement or their support or whatever it may be. There's so much joy, there's so much peace. God said this, it's not good to do life by yourself. You weren't designed to have this lone ranger mentality. It's just me against the world. No, no, no. Can I get in trouble a little bit? No. 
if God ain't by himself, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, even in one, there's a group. And we were made in his image. We were not designed to live life by ourselves. Here's the problem. Relationships are treacherous and dangerous. You can slip and fall. You can touch something poisonous. You can look at something, and I don't want to call people an animal, but you can look at something that looks cute and furry and gracious and turn out that it's venomous and has ill intention and end up walking out of that situation heartbroken and damaged. And the thing is, for so many of us, we never really received a, a, a tour guide or a map on how do I make it through this experience called life and relationships and romance and marriage and, and all these different kind of things. So over these next three weeks, we're going we go, we go, go hiking through the jungle. Get your, get your hiking boots on, and we're going to kind of work our way through this thing. Next week, we're going to talk about, hey, how do I date? How do I find the right person? And if I'm married, how do I build or rebuild the relationship that God's given us, it's amazing. When you go to purchase a house, the like colonoscopy they give to your credit. <laughs> I mean, they are calling your employer from 15 years ago. I need pay stubs from the last 20 years of your life. I need to know 15 people we can kidnap just in case you miss a payment. And that's for a mortgage that statistically in America, most people only keep a house for about five years. But they'll give you a marriage certificate. <laughs> With like two questions. Are y'all related? <laughs> Do y'all have spouses somewhere else? That's literally the only two questions they ask y'all. Y'all ain't even West Virginia, they probably only ask you one. <laughs> Pray for me, I need help. But the reality is many of us, most of us, we get sent on this journey that was meant by God to be full of joy. But there are a lot of pitfalls on the way with no direction, with no preparation, with no help. And it's like, good luck. What we want to do is we want to bring some wisdom, some direction, some, some, some focus to how do I build or rebuild this blessing that God's given me. But every blessing without wisdom sometimes can feel like a curse. So what I want to do today, I want to preach from the topic of custom made. Somebody say custom custom made. This is not from a ludicrous song. If it was, I would say custom made and custom fitted, but I didn't because it's a ratchet song. So I just called it uh, custom, custom made. And I want to unpack kind of how do I find the one? How do I find that person that God has called me or, or how do I ensure that the one that I picked, <laughs> that I thought was the one, <laughs> is really the one. There's so many people that they are on this search. They're on this expedition to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Who's Mr. Right? Who's Mrs. Right? They're the one that we just have chemistry. Oh, they just get me. 
They, they understand me. They love me for, for who I am. When I get around them, butterflies just start going off in my chest. I, I get nervous. I just think about, I just, I'm looking for Mr. or Mrs., right? If you love Jesus, can you take notes in church? I promise you, you'll have a lot better chance of making it into heaven if you take notes <laughs> in church. The first thing I want you to write down is this, and it's going to be right direct. Stop looking for the right one. I'm going to save you a whole lot of time and a whole lot of stress. Stop looking for the right one. In this passage that we read in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says that God made Adam, as we talked about last week, he made him out of the dirt and he formed him and he fashioned him and he looked at Adam. And you got to understand, Adam was in a perfect world. There was no sickness, there was no disease, there were no volcanoes, there were no earthquakes, everything was perfect. He had everything that he needed and here is God looking at Adam saying, something's not right, it's not good that he is by himself. And we have to find a helpmate, we have to find somebody that he can do life with, we have to find Mrs. Wright. And I miss this, I've read this a million times. The Bible says that God put Adam to work and he started naming all the animals. And as we just read it, he said when he had finished naming all the animals, that a comparable helpmate could not be found. Which means Adam wasn't just naming animals. <laughs> he was looking for options. And he didn't find any, somebody say, bless God. Can I encourage some of y'all that have been searching through every nick and cranny and have not found an option? Adam had God's help and he still couldn't find him. <laughs> Does that encourage you? God actually was helping Adam find the right person and he still couldn't find him to the point where God says, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stop looking and I'm just gonna custom make the right person for you. You have to understand the people that God has called you to do your life with, your spouse, your business partners, your friends, or whatever it may be, you're not gonna randomly just pick and find. It's gonna be custom made by the Lord. In Psalm 139, 16, it says this, your eyes saw my substance before I was yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written the days, watch this, fashioned. That word fashion, what does that speak to? It speaks to forming, to creating, to carving, to sculpting, fashion for me, when as yet they were none of them. This is what God said about you. Your whole your life was made custom. That before you were even born, God custom made your parents, believe it or not. Really, those people? <laughs> He custom made your spouse, he custom made your business partner or whatever it may be. God is saying, no, 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 no. You're not gonna find that person kind of just going like the king and I from flower to flower to flower to flower. He said, that's not how it works. It is custom made just for you. Reminds me of the woman at the well that Jesus ran into. And she was looking for Mr. Right, going all over the place. And here's what the Bible says. Jesus accosted her in John 4, and it says this. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Oh, you found Mr. Right. You found the perfect person for you. Go get him. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. She said, I'm married. I've been married a couple of times, but I still haven't found Mr. Right. Jesus said, you speak correctly, for you have had five husbands. 
and the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly. In other words, she was looking for love in all the wrong places. Say, no, 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 no. You're not going to find it, but I need to find Mr. Right. I need to find Mr. Right. What do I need to do then? What do I need to be searching for? I'm so glad me and my wife are coming up on our seventh anniversary uh, here in August. Come on. And I'm so glad we've been married for going on seven years and we're not getting married now because I'd be in trouble and I'd be more broke than I was when I got married six years ago. Six years ago, we didn't know squat about fashion. We didn't know nothing about no red bottoms, no bespoke, no custom, nothing. My wife had an amazing dress. She spent a lot more on it than I wish we had spent, but that's a different story for a different day. I went down to the local tuxedo shop and I said, hey, give me the gray one. Let's go with that. They said, oh, this is slim fit. It was two sizes too big. I was thinking about showing my wedding pictures. I decided against that for the sake of the presence of God in this place. Their idea of custom was there was a piece of uh, elastic in the belt. You go in for a sign, does it fit? No, I just pull the elastic a little bit more and tug it in here. And guess what? She married me. I said, I do. And it was great. God help us if we had gotten married today. I don't even think Instagram was popping like it is nowadays. Six years ago, nowadays, you can't get married until you break the ground. Everything got to be custom and tailored and all that other good stuff. People are like, you know what? I'm not even going looking for a store because they're not going to have what I want. I have to go find me a tailor. And that tailor is going to make it uniquely to me. I shouldn't be looking for the right one. I should be looking for the tailor. Because if I seek the tailor... The tailor is the one that knows my measurements. The tailor is the one that knows my desires. The tailor is the one that knows exactly what I need. And he's going to make it bespoke (laughs) for me. How am I going to find the right one? Stop looking for the right one and start looking for the tailor of the right one. That's why in everything that we do at Destiny Church, our number one vision is this, to help people know God. It's that simple. If you're not a follower of God, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, our goal as a church is to introduce you not only to your spouse's tailor, but to your tailor, to the one who made you, the one who formed you, the one who fashioned you, the one who loves you. If you've been a Christian for 20 years, God bless you. Our goal is to help you grow more in love and to learn more about the tailor of your soul. The Bible says that God is infinite which means that there is no limit to how much of him we can experience and how much of him we can know. Can I give you a quick litmus test? How do I know if I know God? How well I know God is directly connected to how much I rely on other things to fulfill me. If I'm looking for a person to make me happy, to make me feel secure, it's an indication that I don't know as much of God as I need to. Some of you are like, Pastor, this message has nothing to do with me. I'm happily married. We have great marriage. I'm going to preach. I'll come back in four weeks. This is great. (laughs) It may not be a relationship that's your crutch. It may be influence. It may be your net worth or the size of your business or people's opinion of you or whatever it may be. Or you may be running from the opinion of someone who said that you couldn't do it or whatever it may be. But when we need exterior things to feel full on the inside, 
It's an indication that we do not know God the way that he desires for us to know him because he said in his presence there is fullness. So, so here we are in the jungle looking for a mythical creature. We're searching for, for this creature called Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Pastor, are you saying that there's no such thing as Mr. Right? There's no such thing as Mrs. Right? No, no, there actually is a Mr. and Mrs. Right for you. But here's the deal. Your definition of Mrs. Right and your definition of Mr. Right is not actually the definition. Our definition of Mr. and Mrs. Right is the person that accepts me for who I am. All my mistakes, all my flaws, they're the person that when I find them, I will finally be complete. So I can live any way that I want to live. I could do whatever I want to do. I can sleep around. I can party. I can drink. I can do all of this. But when I find Mr. or Mrs. Right, all of it's going to come together. All of it is going to be complete. There's a Dr. Les Parrott who is a psychologist and studies relationships in his specialty. And here's what he says. He says, if you try to build intimacy with another person, before you have gotten whole on your own. All your relationships become an attempt to complete yourself. When we say I'm looking for Mr. and Mrs. Wright, oftentimes what the world means is, I'm looking for somebody that makes me feel okay with me. I'm looking for someone that completes me. You know what we say? We say some really romantic stuff that if you break it down, is really dumb. You complete me. That's weird. I can't live without you. That's not true. Because I just met you. And you look like you've had a whole lot of living before I met. It sounds good. But honestly, these are thoughts that come from a toxic, from an from a empty heart. The Bible says that when people get married, that, that they should leave their mother and father and that the two shall become. It didn't say one half and one half. For example, a couple of mathematicians are a question for you. What's one times one? Oh, this is, this is a smart class. <laughs> I came up with notes just in case. <laughs> It's for the four o'clock service. That's what that is. is. So one times one is? Question, what's one half times one half? A whole? Okay, you're not that smart. Okay. One half times one half. Throw it to him. Throw it up. Throw it up. Quarter? Don't pull your phone out. So take that down. A half of a half is what? A quarter. So if I step into a broken relationship as a broken person and I step into a relationship with another broken person, here's what happens. We end up eroding each other and I end up leaving that relationship more broken than I went into it because I went into it expecting. Can I tell you what cruelty is? Cruelty is expecting out of someone something that God never put in them. God never put in my spouse the ability for them to complete me, 
to fulfill. It's not my wife's job to make me feel like a man. It's not my wife's job. Yes, she needs to honor me. Yes, she needs to respect me, but it's not her job to deal with my insecurities. I don't need her to complete me. That can only be done in God. Here, here's the problem with tailors. You go and you get your measurements and, and, you know, they take all your measurements and all that other good stuff and they tell you your waist is up here. It's not down here and all this other. It's just like, why are you measuring up here? That's not where my waist is. Calm down. The inseam and the outseam and all this other kind of stuff. And then they say this, come back in three months or whatever it may be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this outfit for you. It is, somebody say custom made. Here's the problem. It's custom made <laughs> to the size I was when those measurements were taken. So as long as I don't eat, <laughs> don't breathe, and don't even look at a Taco Bell <laughs> until I go back for the fitting, it'll fit. But if anything changes, if I gain weight, if I lose weight, the measurements that were taken then no longer apply to the time of the fitting. Pastor, I don't know. I need to find Mrs. Right. Only problem is I'm married uh, to Mrs. Wrong. So I got to figure out. I actually heard somebody say this as an excuse to get a divorce. God told me this isn't the person he intended for me. <laughs> really now? <laughs> People act like God don't. Anyway. Here's what I discovered about my wife. She wasn't made to fit the current version of Stephen. God made her to fit the healthy version of Stephen. He didn't make her for the broken version of me. He made her for the best version of me. So as long as there's emptiness and there's brokenness and there's unhealth and there's bitterness and perfectionism and all those other issues that I need to bring to the cross and allow God, as long as I'm out of shape emotionally, she's going to feel like it's not the right fit and it is the right fit. And here's the enemy whispering in your ear, oh, you married the wrong one. They don't accept you for who you are. They just trying to change you and all. No, 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 no. They were made for you, but not that version of you. Can we just have a little bit of fun? That's why middle schoolers and high schoolers have no business dating. Parents. Oh, can I get some fathers in this room to say, oh, that's cute. Oh, no, that's not cute. The only purpose to date is to find somebody to spend the rest of your life with. And if you haven't even fully grown into yourself, you don't even know what your identity is. You don't even know what the vision, what your future for your life is. You're just trying to brush your teeth <laughs> and bathe on a regular basis. How do you expect to know your measurements and what you fit into? Well, we were middle school sweethearts and now what are you trying to say? I'm saying you're an anomaly. I'm not saying that it wasn't God. I'm just saying that when I was in middle school, I couldn't figure out which shoe to put on which foot. <laughs> Teacher's like, raise your left hand. <laughs> God says, I've custom made the right person for you, but we got to deal with you first. Write this down. Let him make you. Let him make you. You know, so often we're, we're concerned about finding the right person 
or God fixing the person that we've already found. And I've discovered that just as God custom made my wife for me, there's also a little bit of reconstruction that needs to go on in my life so, me, so that I can fit into what he always designed for me. I heard this story from Pastor Andy Stanley that, that, that blew my mind. He said there was a young lady at his church, and she grew up in a Christian home and loved God. And I don't know if she went to University of Maryland. It's where most people go when they get turned out. I'm, I'm trashing the school. This is not the time to shout. <laughs> But she went to school in freshman year, she just lost her mind. I don't know if it was just being sheltered and never getting to make her own decisions. Can we just talk a little bit? Parents, let your kids make some decisions before they leave your house. Because if they're gonna make some wrong decisions, it's great for them to make it under your covering so you can help them navigate it. Don't control them because they're gonna lose their mind when they leave. I don't know what this girl's story was, but she went out freshman year and she lost her mind. She got turned out drinking and partying and sleeping around and all this other kind of stuff. And, and it went on for freshman year, for sophomore year, for junior year. And junior year, she was out with a group of friends and at a restaurant and she met this guy. And this guy was, I mean, Mr. Right, her dream guy. He was handsome. He loved God. <laughs> He was articulate. He was telling her about his faith and, and, and how God had transformed his life and how God did, desires to do that for each and every person. And she could not wait to get to her dorm to call her mom and say, Mom, I found him. I found Mr. Right. She gets home and she calls her mom and said, You not believe it. It was amazing. Mom, this is a guy that I could bring home. Like, I mean, he has his faith. He, he, he loves God. Like, I could, I could submit to a God like this. And, his mom said, oh, babe, if he's really as great as you say he is, he's not looking for you. Because a guy like that wouldn't be looking for a girl like you. Babe, he wasn't hitting on you. He was witnessing to you. This can ask you a tough question. Are you the person that the person you dream about, dreams about. Can I ask another question? Am I the person that my spouse dreamed about? We have these fantasies of Mr. Ryder, Mrs. Ryder, I'm going, man, I'm looking for somebody that they, they have grace, they love me, they love God or whatever it may be. And oftentimes we focus on what we're looking for and we don't spend a lot of time focusing on who we are becoming. Because I've discovered I attract who I am. It's very dangerous to say all men are dogs. It's very dangerous to say all women are, you know, gold diggers or whatever it may be because you attract who you are. And our indictment of who we attract is actually an indictment of, somebody say, I'm going to let God make me. It's, here, here's, the, here's the reason why it's so much more fun and so much easier to, to look for the right person because it's painful to allow God to deal with me. It's painful to allow God to make me. Can, can, I, can I help you out though? It may be painful for God to deal with your pride or your insecurity or whatever it may be, but it's miserable to stay who you are right now. 
I'm going to run off the stage and hide in the back after this message. If you make you miserable, (laughs) if you can barely deal with you, how do you expect somebody else to love you? I mean, let's just be real for a second. You're such a perfectionist. You can knock out 95% of that project and you obsess and beat yourself up over the 5% that you got wrong. If you can't even show yourself grace, how do you expect somebody else to show you grace? So many of us, we, we, we have a broken heart, maybe from our childhood or a broken relationship or whatever it may be, and nothing comes out of our mouth but venom and put-downs and sarcastic statements. And, and, and here's what we do. We, we laugh at the end of it. So, you know, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I know I talk about your mama. I was just joking, man. <laughs> you can't deal with you. How do you expect somebody else to deal with you? How do I find Mr. or Mrs. Right? Simple. Become Mrs. or Mr. Right and watch God bring that right person in. When you, do you think God would make somebody for you and then bring them for you to abuse them? He said, no, 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 I got them. We got to deal with that little crazy, little twitch in your eye. We got to deal. (laughs) We got to deal with that. before I can bring the right So here's a simple question. How do I let God make me? How do I position myself so that God can heal the broken parts of me? Can I give you three simple things? The first way that God makes us, the first way that God heals us is through his word. In Psalm 107 verse 20, it says this, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. It's God's word that cancels out all the negative words we've believed in ourselves. It's God's word that cancels out all the destructive patterns that we've brought into our lives. It's God's word that brings healing. You need God's word in your life. And can I make it practical? The Sunday message is not enough. The Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not. You will always get a biblical message every single Sunday that will transform your life. But I'll tell you, Sunday's message is about good enough to get you to Sunday evening. (laughs) Sometimes I wake up Monday morning, I'm just like, ah. (laughs) This is not a, a verse a day will keep the devil away. No, 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 no. I need to meditate on God's word. By the way, as you're way out the door, if you don't have a Bible, there are free Bibles right there in the info booth. And there's also a prayer guide that has a Bible reading plan that no matter what day of the year you're on, you just pick the date and it'll give you a passage that you can read for that day. I don't know how more practical to say this. You will remain broken until you fall in love with God's word. He has given us his word to heal us. The second way that God makes us whole is in community. The Bible says this in James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be, yell that word at me, healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails 
much. There are certain stories, there's certain encounters as a pastor that mark you for life. And I remember I was about 12 years ago, I was a youth pastor, I was preaching at a conference in Virginia, and, and this young lady came up to me, and she was suicidal, had attempted to take her life multiple times, and it was one of those encounters where you just sense the Holy Spirit say, don't lay hands on her, don't pray for her, just talk to her, and just listen to her. She began to tell me her story, and about, she was about 16 years old at the time, and about 10 years prior, she had been abused sexually. And when they found out, they came rushing to her aid and were heartbroken and covered her and prayed for her. And a year went by and two years went by and three years and that abuse began to manifest in her life through self-destructive patterns. And they tried medication and they tried this and they tried that. At about 10 years, she said, everybody's just tired of me. Everybody's just over me. They're tired of me being broken. They're tired of me being okay. I'm tired of me being broken, and I don't know what to do. And I feel like in that moment, the Holy Spirit just gave me a vision, and here's what I told her. I said, if you had broken your femur leg when you were six years old, they wouldn't have just prayed for you. They wouldn't have just said, oh, we're so sorry. We're gonna be here for you. They would have rushed you to the hospital for emergency surgery to repair what was physically broken and had the ability to take your life. The only problem is throughout the brokenness of life, there's parts of us that gets broken that a scalpel can't touch. That we don't know where, what surgeon do we take a broken heart to? And because we don't know what surgeon to take that broken heart to, we begin to say dumb, how many dumb things people say? Like time heals all wounds. You wouldn't say that about a broken leg. Time doesn't heal a broken leg. Matter of fact, if you don't take that leg and, and get it into surgery or whatever it may be, it's actually gonna become infected and you may actually lose that leg and you may have the ability to lose the entire patient just because of that unaddressed issue. Can I, can, I, can I take it a little bit further? Sometimes to heal a broken leg, they actually have to... I wanna hear all that out. I get squeamish when we start talking about blood and all that other kind of stuff. But sometimes it causes more pain on the road to health and recovery. God says, hear me. If you wanna be whole, if you wanna be healed, you got to talk to somebody. He said, you got to share with some, hey, this is the brokenness in my, and listen to me, don't, don't be one of them people that got all their issues tattooed on their arm and you, hey, y'all, I'm crazy. <laughs> no, we could tell. You didn't have to tell us. No, there's a safe place. One of our goals for connect groups is that you have a place, maybe not the first week or the second week, maybe not to everybody but you can find someone where there's safety to say, and I don't think I'm okay. I think money means too much to me. I think people's approval, the Bible says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. And then the last way that God heals us and makes us whole is in his presence. Somebody say in his presence. Psalm 1611 says this, you make known to me the path of life. Here's what the psalmist said. He says, here's how I figure out life. You will fill me with joy in your 
presence with eternal pleasures at your right hands. One translation says this, in your presence, there is fullness. How do I make sure that I'm not half of a person looking for a relationship with a half of a person to fulfill me? Make sure you're filled up before you get there. Make sure that you've allowed God to fill you with joy. Make sure you allow God to fill you with confidence. I don't need somebody to tell me that I look good to know that I look good. I tell, tell, tell. <laughs> tell me something I don't know. <laughs> no, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. So probably should have up here. I don't. Picture a spaghetti strainer, right? You all know a spaghetti strainer, a little metal thing. You pour spaghetti in it, a little spaghetti falls out because there's holes in it, right? <laughs> That's what every single person's life looks like. That's what every single person's heart looks like. And we need to get into God's presence so he can fill us up. The only problem is when God fills us up, but we have holes of rejection and insecurity and bitterness and lust and all this different kind of stuff in our hearts, it ends up leaking out just as fast as it fills up. That's how people get cynical with church. You know, I went to church and man, I said, it worked for a few months. You know, I, I just started feeling the peace. I started feeling the joy. I mean, I was, I'm not gonna lie, it was different. It was nice, it was nice, it was nice. But you know, after a while, I just realized that nothing was really changing. It wasn't really working for me, so I stopped going. Can I tell you what happened? You came into the presence of God, but yet there was holes in your heart. And all the joy, I've heard people say this so much, if only the feeling that I felt in church, I could feel it at home. You can, but you gotta fill up some of those holes. Can I tell you how to fill up the holes? God's word. It's God's word that patches those misconceptions that we have about life, about our purpose, about who he's called us to be, about what the direction, it's God's word that patches up those holes. And the more of God's word that I have in my life, the more of his presence remains. And the more of his presence can I hold on. Where do the people come in? Well, there's some holes on the back of your head <laughs> and you can't see back there. And you need somebody else in your life to say, what's that? What's what? What's that? What, is, what are you talking about? That stank attitude, what's that? That, that, way, that way you look down on people, what's that? What's, it smells like insecurity, is that what that is? It smells like bitterness, is that? You need somebody to have your blind spot. Say, hey, there's an area that the presence of God is leaking out. And watch this journey as I fill my life with more of God's word, as I get into his presence more and more and more, and I allow people, trusted people around me to point out my blind spots, I become more of a container of the presence of God. Watch this. God's presence brings healing. God's presence brings joy. God's presence brings prosperity. And then I go and I find somebody who's filled with the power and the presence of God. And wherever two or three are gathered in his his name, there he will move. And all of a sudden, my marriage, my relationship becomes a supernatural housing for the power of God because I'm bringing something to the equation. Let's land this plane. Last thing is this. Find who else he is making. So stop looking for the right person. Allow him to make you. But then you need to find who else he is making. This is where you're getting into, okay, who do I want to do life with? 
Who, who, who do I want to date singles? Who, 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 who do I want to get into business relationships with? Who, who do I want to allow to be in my inner circle? You need to find somebody else that God is making. I was actually on a panel uh, last week and they were saying, what, what would you tell people is the number one thing to look for in a spouse? If you're single and you're looking for somebody to marry, what's the number one thing you should look like? Here's number one. You should find out, are they fine? Are they gorgeous? Are they hot? Pastor, that's not biblical. They need to love Jesus. When I wake up in the morning and roll over, I'm not looking at Jesus. I'm looking at you. <laughs> so I need to make sure when I roll over, I say, thank you, Jesus. And not, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so number one is, are they attractive? So let's go on to number two. Here's number two. Have they allowed God to form and fashion them? Many of us are not in love with the person we're dating. We're in love with the potential of the person that we're dating. But can I tell you what potential is? Just that, potential. Potential to be po. <laughs> potential to be a deadbeat. There's a lot of potential. <laughs> Potential is just, hey, this is what could be. But there are no guarantees. The only thing I can bet on is, is there evidence in this person's life? Not that they love Jesus, but that they have submitted to Jesus and they're allowing him to change them and make them. We'll get on to the married folks next week and so moving on. But can I help you out if you're here and married? Stop trying to change your spouse. You can't do that. Only God can do that. So what I'm looking for is there's someone that there's evidence in their life that they're submitted to Almighty God. Psalm 7 verse, uh, Matthew 7 verse 15 says this, beware of false prophets. Can I translate? I don't care that they go to Destiny Church. Well, I met them in church. So there are some crazy people <laughs> up in this church. Pastor, you know they're there. I know they're here. I know you. I know you. I know you. You can stay. I just want you to know that I know that you know that I know that you're here. It says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. But you will know them by their do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. The Apostle Oprah said this. <laughs> That's sacrilegious, forgive me. I'm sure she got it from somewhere else. She said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. It's going, you could play. I'm going to land this plane. Singles. I'm only talking to singles right now. If you're married, close your ears. This ain't got nothing to do with you. you. You listen to me if you're single? Dating is the only place where grace is not allowed. That was perfect. That was perfect. Sometimes in the kingdom of God, we can so see potential and the future in people. There's one thing to seeing potential and loving and seeing the future in someone. It's something completely different to connect my life to theirs forever. 
when I'm making the decision to connect forever, I don't need potential. I need a resume. I don't care about your job and your income and all that kind of stuff. I need a resume of you've submitted to God, that you're not the same person you were six months ago, that he is making you, that he's forming you, that he's honing your character, that he's developing you. Because his presence in anybody's life is truly the only thing I can bank on. Pastor, I really wish I had known this before I said I do. Now what do I do? Come back next week. (laughs) As we're going to talk about how to build, but also how to rebuild. God said in his word very clearly, hey, if you came to Christ and your spouse is an unbeliever, don't leave them. Stay with them. Because there's something supernatural that God is going to do in that relationship because you're there. Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. We're thankful. God, that in this moment, God, we're in your presence and you are filling us up. God, I pray that you would send your word to heal us. God, that you would bring trusted people, even in connect groups, in our life. God, to watch our blind spots. God, I pray in this moment that you'd begin to heal the brokenhearted. Start with me, God. God, that you would make us into who you called us to be. Just where you are with your eyes closed and your head bowed, if you could pray this prayer with me, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And just give God a moment to make this time to make this message personal to you. Maybe it's been a while since you've submitted your heart for God to examine it. Like David said, Lord, search my heart. Know my innermost beings. Maybe you're in here, and if you were honest, you would say, you know, I've never submitted my life to Christ. I've never given God authority over my life to to, to call the shots, to make my decisions for me. Good news, bad news. Bad news is you're not a Christian. Because the Bible says being a Christian means that you've surrendered, you've submitted to God. The good news is that his presence is in this room right now to accept you into an eternal relationship with him. You're in here, you said, Pastor, I can't say for certain that I have a relationship with God, but today I want him in my life right where you're sitting. Can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for dying on the cross so that all of my sins, all of my mistakes can be erased. Today, I surrender. I give you control. Be my Lord and my Savior. Use me for your glory. Make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, church. Can you celebrate for every single person that just made the greatest decision ever? Thanks again for tuning into this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.